there are uh, some things that are really hard to talk about. And um, I feel like sometimes I, I have a very distinct advantage in preaching because I come with whatever I feel like talking about and I come with my notes all figured out what I want to say and I kind of, you know, blow it all out there and you have to sit and listen. And um, I understand that as Christians, one of the things that we've got to be able to do is go out into the world and out into the culture and to be able to understand and listen to them and answer their questions. And a lot of times I'm, I would rather avoid some of the questions that some people outside the church want to ask. And so um, I've done something a little bit nuts. i am invited a guy who is a very sharp young atheist who uh, has a website called FriendlyAtheist.com. Uh, to come and to share. And uh, what we've done for two services, some of you I see have come back. Um, we've just talked about whatever he wanted to talk about, whatever I wanted to talk about. We've gone back and forth and just had a little friendly dialogue about the difference between atheism and Christianity and how we can uh, understand each other better. Uh, so let me show you the video. It'll introduce you to him at just a little bit more, and then we'll welcome him out. Today at Parkview, we welcome native Chicagoan Hemant Mehta. Hemant has been known recently around Chicago as the eBay atheist since auctioning off a chance to save his soul on the popular internet auction website eBay. Hemant Mehta was born in Schaumburg, Illinois in 1983. He moved to Tennessee and then back to Orland Park at the age of 14. He's a graduate of Carl Sandburg High School and the University of Illinois at Chicago where he was one of the co-founders of the group SWORD, Students Without Religious Dogma. Now a graduate student at the University of DePaul, Hemant is studying to become a high school math teacher. Currently, he's the chair on the board of directors for the SSA, the Secular Student Alliance, which has 55 chapters across the United States. He is also a board member of the Secular Coalition of America, a group that fights for the rights of atheists in Washington, D.C. In early 2006, when Hemant had the idea to auction off a chance to save his soul on eBay, he promised to attend an hour of church services for each $10 of the final winning bid. After a flurry of bidding and national news coverage, former Vineyard pastor and founder of the Off the Map website, Jim Henderson, won the auction for $504, which Hemant donated to the SSA. Instead of attending 50 hours worth of services, Henderson asked Hemant to attend 10 to 15 Chicago area churches, including Parkview, and write about his experiences for Henderson's website. Since his church visits, Hemant has made appearances on the Fox News Channel with John Gibson, Fox 32 Chicago, CBS 2 Chicago, radio station WLSAM, and has been written up in the Wall Street Journal, the Daily Southtown, the Chicago Sun-Times, and many other national publications. He also has his own website, FriendlyAtheist.com. Today, Hemant is here for an informal and friendly discussion about atheism, Christianity, and other topics with Pastor Tim Harlow. Parkview, please give a warm welcome to Hemant Mehta. This place is packed. I know. I, I think, <laughs> think you brought him back, man. Excellent. Um, it's uh, let me lay, let me lay the ground rules um, for you. Now we've done this. No hitting um, below the belt. <laughs> we you know we threw a few punches last night, but I thought it was okay. This morning we were much better. It's um it's really important that you understand that what we're doing here 
what we're trying to do is not debate, okay? There's a, there's a time and a place for that. I would think neither one of us would necessarily sign up for that duty. I'm not smart enough to do debates. Um, but what we're not doing is a debate. So here's what we want you to not do. I want you to not clap if I say something that you really like. I definitely want you to not clap if he says something that you really like, okay? Let's just keep the whole playing field level here and, uh, and keep it that way, okay? Because what, what, what we want to do, I mean, the, the thing that I love about him is his website is thefriendlyatheist.com. And I thought, you know what, if there's something that I'd like to be, it would be thefriendlypastor.com. And I would like for this to be Friendly Christian Church, where everybody can come. And we want you to know this. If you're coming in here today and you're, you're going, yeah, I like that guy. I know where he's coming from. That's okay. We want you to feel welcome here. We want you to feel a part of us. And if we can help you, we want to do that. Okay? So that's at the core of what we're doing. Why don't you then um, kind of jump in. Just tell us how you got to this place faith-wise, I guess. Sure. Um, when I was 14, uh, we lived in Knoxville, Tennessee, and we moved to Orland. And I was just thinking, well, that's clearly the worst thing that's ever happened to anyone ever. I, I, I would agree. <laughs> and um, what that did is it just got me thinking, well, you know, Clearly, since this is so bad, why would a nice, loving God do this to me? You know, so ignorant. I mean, there's people much worse off than moving somewhere. Um, and it worked True. out, too. I loved Orland. Uh, and yeah. Sandberg was awesome, too. And so, clearly, there's reasons that I'm wrong on that. But what it did is it got me starting to think about, you know, maybe there are doubts. Maybe God doesn't exist that this thing is happening to me. And the more I started to read up on it, the more that sort of thing made sense to me, that, you know, the reasons people gave for here's why God doesn't exist. And, and I wasn't raised a Christian, right. but still, even in my religious faith, that the whole idea of religion just stopped making sense. And so when I was 14, I became an atheist, and, uh, I, and it, it wasn't because I moved. It was more because of those reasons I saw reading it later on. Mm. Um, but I was kind of not really out there, I guess, in high school. But when I was in college, I had more of a chance to be more active, and now I'm pretty active with a lot of national atheist groups and the leaders. Okay. Uh, big question we got to get out of the way. Cub yeah. fan or Sox fan? I'm, <laughs> I'm a Cubs fan, and that's... I'm an atheist, Which so is why he's an atheist. That... Come on. <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> I, I Explains so I, much. I, I, <laughs> I did throw that in. Uh, my daughter, Rachel, is for you Cub fans, is singing the national anthem with a bunch of her friends at the... Uh, Cub game a week from Tuesday night. So Cub fans, don't say I don't give you anything. I'm not going, but she's going to be there <laughs> singing the national anthem. All right. So uh, I mean, we kind of talked about this. Um, you think that that a, a, a bad situation in your life got you started thinking. Yeah. And then as you started thinking, you delved into atheism. Now, why why did you not explore your own faith? deeper at that point instead of atheism yeah um and it's the same question why didn't i explore other faiths as well sure. and i think the reason was when i started reading on the first thought that came to my head was not well maybe my god is wrong and another god is right mm -hmm. the idea that started coming was well maybe god is wrong altogether or that i don't believe in god and when you look that up the first thing you come to is atheism sure and the arguments that atheists have are not arguments you know against one religion or another one it's arguments against religion as a whole. Like, here's why religion doesn't necessarily make sense. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when I started examining the religion I was brought up with, um, a lot of amazing principle, and I was brought up in Jainism, which believes in nonviolence, non-materialism, non-possessiveness, great things. They believe live a good life. Um, they also believe in heaven and hell and all that sort of stuff. 
Um, I agree with so many of those principles. I still follow them today. But there were so many of those principles too, things like reincarnation that just, they didn't make any sense to me. And for the first time when I was 14, I started thinking about that. And there was no need to really go to any other religion because when it came down to it, most of the other religions anyway, had a God. There were these things like heaven and hell. Mm -hmm. These things that I had started to think to myself, well, okay, well, maybe they don't exist. So that's why I started going to atheism. I, I did examine my own faith. And to that extent, I guess, I examined other faiths as well. But there was no need to examine, like, well, let me step into, you know, a Muslim uh, mosque or something. Right. Let me step into right. a Jewish temple. Let me see how that goes. There was no need to do that. Well, then what, what was the eBay thing about? The eBay thing, well, I wasn't brought up Christian, right? So I thought to myself, well, it's, I'm, I was 22 at the time. So I'm thinking, well, it's been about eight years now. Still haven't been inside of a Christian church. And since so much of what I do, um, I mean, this is what I hear about all the time. Mm -hmm. When I read things in the papers, when I read magazines, anything online. It's about Christianity. It's not about other religions. And I still haven't been inside a Christian church, really. And my entire knowledge of Christianity stemmed from, you know, like the Simpsons. It was right. nothing. Right. So, you know, let's... let's Ned. <laughs> yeah, good old Ned. Love Ned. Um, you step inside a church, like, let me see what it's actually about. Um, and the idea is, well, I'm pretty confident in my own beliefs, so why not see what the other side has to offer. And, you know, if, if I'm pretty confident about my own beliefs, I have nothing to lose by going there. But the thing I wanted to do is I wanted to write about it, and I wanted people to comment. I wanted to ask questions. I wanted people to respond. And how do you get publicity for something like that? Sure. I mean, I didn't know how to get people to come to some random site that I put up. So I figured, and which church do I go to? And the eBay just came to mind because I'd used that. And I, I just said, well, okay, if you want to bid on this, I'll go to your church. Yeah. My initial thought was someone would just bid like $10, come to my church. I'll go there. I'll have a good time. I'll go see a movie. That was the original idea. Yeah. Yeah. Then it got up to $500, yeah. and I'm thinking, what did I get myself into? Right, right, right. Um, <laughs> and and but, I did bid on him, by the way. I don't know if everybody knew that. I found out about this whole thing, <laughs> and I did bid and got outdone by this guy in Seattle by $4. Yeah. Um, so I've known about this whole deal yeah. all the way through. And, and I'm glad it worked out this way because, I mean, I'm glad that you if – you, if I would have won the bid, I wasn't going to make you come here 50 times. Mm -hmm. I, if I would have won the bid, I would have done the same thing he did, go out there and, and check them all out. And what kind of things well, – I mean, you went to uh, Catholic Church. You went yeah. to Willow Creek. You went to – Catholic Church, Willow Creek, there was Salem Baptist, which is an all-black church, right, right. Um, just a whole slew of different types, small, large. And for all of these churches then, for the eBay auction and for my commitment to this guy, um, his website off the map, I would write up, you know, here's my write-up, here's what I was thinking about as I saw this service. Right. Um, and by the way, I came here as well as part mm -hmm. of those churches. Um, I wrote these things up, and the beauty of the blog thing is people could read all of these things that I wrote. And hey, if I asked a question that they could answer, they would answer it. Yeah. And uh, one of the strangest uh, instances, I guess, is like the third or fourth place I went to, it wasn't here, it was somewhere else. But I said, you know what, the, this other church I went to had a great pastor, but this guy that I just saw, not that great, wasn't listening to him, he went one ear out the other, like just didn't captivate me. And who's one of the first responders? Hi, I'm the pastor from that church. <laughs> Well, that's great. I saw that. <laughs> yeah. uh, I felt bad for that guy. And, and that wasn't, that wasn't, and he was very gracious, and he said, you know, what you're telling me. He learned me, a lot from what you did. He did, and he said, you know, it's something I work to improve all the time, so yeah. I appreciate your comments. Yeah. And how amazing is that of him to say? Yeah. Um, I wasn't expecting that, but, and he wasn't the only pastor either. I mean, there were three or four, I believe yourself included, yeah. that commented after the fact. I didn't, they didn't know I was going to be there. Right. 
but they commented afterwards saying, I was the pastor there, here's what I think about it. So I think that's part of the reason, I guess, the media coverage happened. It's such an, the it's idea that people were listening to an atheist, I guess, that, that wasn't out saying, well, you're wrong and that's the end of the story. But no, well, you know, you're right about this, but I don't get why you're doing this. Why do people put their hands up when people are singing? I don't get that. Yeah. Things yeah. like that. Yeah. You know, just, just someone explain it to me. And yeah. people were. And that was not a real, like, that wasn't a serious question. But there were serious questions that people were trying to answer. And I think that the... People enjoyed that, and I well, think that's what, why. What, what did you say? We haven't done this one yet. What would you say you learned about Christian churches? What did you like about them, and what, do you, what, did, what really turned you off? What, what turned me on, I guess, to the church? Um, I love, I did not expect the singing stuff. I didn't expect the community. I mean, I expected when I walk in, people would look at me or something like, you don't normally come here. What are you doing? <laughs> um, but no, like everywhere I went, they're like, hey, we're great great to see you here we're glad to have you they had no idea that i was doing this ebay thing sure so gracious and so nice most of the messages i heard were not about the bible says this so do this most of them were about look at the message that jesus was trying to send mm -hmm. that's what you got to take away from this that's wonderful or here's and i made a uh, on the blog i mentioned so many times i love watching joel osteen for that reason right, right. Where he, and i watch him habitually where you know he says you know here's the lesson i want you to take away Here's a story to confirm, like, my college roommate did this, and that's why you should love your family. I love that. Yeah. And it, it, that's the sort of message. Like, I walk out of that church thinking to myself, yeah, I, I do want to do that stuff that he said. And it has nothing to do with the Bible, per se, but, yeah, that's a great lesson to take away. And a lot of churches did that. Not that's all of them. But, but that's something that got me hooked. And I could see myself, and I guess since Willow Creek was the first one I went to that did that, I walked away from Willow Creek thinking, wow, that was really interesting how they told this story where, yeah, they used the Bible to support the story, but it wasn't the focus. The focus was the message. And, and I could come back there. I wouldn't mind going back to a place like that or a place like this where the message was the principle. Right, and I, like, right. I didn't expect but it's a, that. that. I mean, what you're saying is a dangerous place for us is at the same time. If, yeah. if, the, if the Bible is our source... You know, I mean, it, it's a thing I have yeah. to walk, a fine line I have to walk every time. I want something that's going to be relevant to the people. Sure. I'm going to talk about being a Christian man next week, for example, uh, on Father's Day. But if it's not grounded in what I'm actually reading in here, then it doesn't do any good. What you're saying is if, if I can come at it from that angle. Right. It can totally be grounded in here. Gotcha. But not necessarily it, you're doing this because Thus this saith book the says Lord. So. Thus saith the Lord is not a great angle to hit. And you're not going to reach as many people using that line. But if you say, you know, the message is go out there and volunteer. Go out there and help the people around you. Yeah. That's a message everyone could get on board with, including atheists. Yeah. But yeah, it's in, I mean, the part that, the, one of the bad things I did not appreciate was just this whole idea. I went to one place where they just said, you know, can you believe how persecuted we are as Christians? We went into this Muslim country as missionaries and they didn't want us there. Well, yeah, they did. They have their own beliefs. Why are you trying to stop that? And, and I know there are reasons that uh, the missionaries are going there and everything, but just the, the idea that we're right, everyone else is wrong, and they need to be saved. Well, no, I don't think I need to be saved from right. anything, so stop acting like I'm this inferior person, like I need to be saved. Right. Let's talk about it if you want, but, but that attitude that I saw at a couple places. And this is something that we talked about quite a bit at, at the last hour, um, and I think it's really, really important, because if you're a Christian sitting out there right now, you're going, well, yeah, you do need to be saved. Mm -hmm. and, and that's the whole point, right? 
but it's it's what I think what what we agreed on to, was the was the point that we can uh, we can understand how what we believe about the Bible we can understand about salvation and Jesus saying I'm the way the truth and the life it's how we handle it that is really important when it's come to deal with the people that are outside and if we're gonna you know, if you see him and out in the world and you say you know him you're going to hell. That is not probably going to, you know, start everything right off, is it? You know, I mean, you could, and I believe that Jesus, and, and I, I said this at the prayer in the end, Jesus told us to be a light. He told us to be salt, right? Those are two great analogies. If you have too much salt, it's nasty. If you don't have enough salt, it's not going to flavor your food. If you have too much light, you know, when you're driving down the road and they've got their high beams on, you're going to flip at them because, you know, you can't see. And, and and I think that that's the fine line that we have to walk when we're dealing with people that are coming from other places. Yeah, and and I think uh, even though we would disagree on that, that's at least something I could I could talk about. And mm-hmm. I think I mean it seems like from the things I've heard, the things I've read, like atheists and Christians, at least in those two regards, in terms of what we believe, it's on board most of the time. Sure. I mean, yeah, and about dif- life. Yeah. About life, yeah. And the differences are so I mean, they're important. But that's if you take that away as the focus, like why you're believing this stuff, and focus on what it is you believe, I think you'd find so many more similarities. Yeah, and start a dialogue. And start the dialogue, yeah. Okay. Um, what do you want to know about us? What else do you want to know, or what do you want to talk about right. again? And, and you know, i got to say this. You guys sent me a bunch of questions, and what I'm going to try to do is ask some of them. But we, uh, wow, um, you know, we get a couple of questions done in this, and, and we have to move on. So don't be offended if we don't get to everything that you asked. Um, something that just bothers me every time I see it. What do you think about the people who see Virgin Mary on a grilled cheese or Jesus on the side of a highway? Explain that to me. Explain it to me, man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, do you, are they really are they really there, or are they see? My opinion, obviously, I think they're just seeing Look. what they want to see. And, hey, that's, that's fine. But to say that it's really there or it's performing a miracle. I don't have any problem with God personifying himself or, or appearing in any way, shape, or form. Uh, in this book, it talks a lot about God showing up, about angels, all kinds of stuff. But um, it doesn't say grilled cheese. In but the not in a grilled cheese or a tortilla. There was one in yeah, a tortilla. I, I, I saw tortilla. it. And it did look like, you know... <laughs> And, it could have been, you know... And let me bring up a case in point. When the eBay auction was going on, some woman sent me an email saying, you know, my house burned down recently, and I want you to look at this picture. And it was an image of her wooden door to, like, a bedroom or something that I guess the wood had melted or something. Like, clearly streaks of wood are, like, going down. And, yeah, I could attest, too. Yeah, I guess that kind of looks like Jesus' hair. Or Jerry Garcia. Or, or something, you know, or whatever you want. And she said, like, this is Jesus telling me everything's going to be okay. And, you know, I, I, don't know how to re- I don't know how to respond to that because there's nothing I could say. Like, well, no, you're wrong. Your house burned down. Well, of like, course. I don't religion, is, religion is going to be subjective to everyone's own experience. But I've not ever had Jesus appear to me in a sandwich, okay? Okay. I'll, I'll say that. Or, okay. or Mary or anything else. <laughs> Uh, uh, what I'm a lot more interested in is people going back and reading this sure. and finding Jesus. Let's find out what really happened, what he really said, where he really appeared, and who he really was. What about a follow-up question, I guess, not on a grilled cheese or something, but people who say, you know, I did see Jesus mm. here, and mm. this is what Jesus told me. 
Is yeah, there Oral any Roberts, 900-foot Jesus. Sure, or um, anything like that. Like, what do you make of those visions? Well, I can't, I can't speak for anything anybody else sure. experiences. I can't speak for what you don't experience. Yeah. I, I feel like God works in my life. I've never had a vision like that. Um, but again, the Bible talks about it happening, so I'm not going to negate it in one way or another. Okay. I just, you know, I, I have a real problem with people who say, God told me this, so therefore, mm-hmm. okay, here's what God told me right here. And if what God told you is contradicting with what God told me here, then you're smoking something, and, and that's right. not God. Okay. okay. Does, that, does that work? That works. Okay. Um, let's, I don't know. God, we've <laughs> talked about so many things. Um, describe love for me. I mean, one, one of the things that we're always going to ask you is, if there's no God, then how is their morality? How is their love? How, is, how, 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 do you, how does an atheist see? Why? Why? Why do we take good? Why do you have parental love like Raymond does, where you want to sit down and explain it to your daughter? It's it's an emotion. It's a feeling, and I felt it, and I'm sure everyone here has felt it for someone or another. Um, yeah, you do feel love, but it's something you feel. You feel this connection. You feel better when this other person is around, whether it's a family member, significant other, or something like that. Um, I don't know, but it's not something tangible. It's not something you could touch no, or anything right, like that. Right. So I guess. But where did it come from? I where guess did it why, come from? Why? It's, it's a feeling. It's a feeling. I mean, you when you if you want to take it from an evolutionary point of view or something, when you can when you have someone that you could trust, when you have someone that you could love like that, you have a better chance of surviving on your own. If you want to take it from that angle. Okay. But outside of that, I mean, you do have those feelings, but it's not something tangible. Um, and I I get the feeling that that's that's the same type of argument. I guess, not argument, but that same sense of reasoning is what I think people tend to feel about God, where God is this emotion. You know, I'm sure everyone here has said, you know, I know God exists because I can feel God. I've sensed God. Mm. And my thing that I'm, what I'm saying is, well, yeah, it's an emotion. You can absolutely feel it. Where I draw the line is to say that that's something as tangible and as real as something like love, which I feel is an emotion. To me, God is an emotion that you feel. And it can make you do act certain ways. It can make you do certain things. But, I mean, that's, that's I guess, where okay. people say that God is real. That's where I draw the line. But I agree that it's, it's as real as you want it to be, as real as love is. So it's experiential one way or the other. Sure. But what if, I mean, what if God is real, and that's why you're experiencing a feeling for God, and, and also why you're experiencing a feeling of love? I still don't see how evolution gets us to the point where I'm willing to lay down my life for my daughter. There's a lot of reasons that I've read about for something like that, because that's, that's a huge problem. If you, if you want to talk about, well, why are people good to each other if you want the fittest to survive or something right. like that? Right. And there have been a lot of... Why isn't Hitler right? I mean, if... If that's the whole nother issue altogether. Okay. I mean, he's not right because he's killing other people. And that's not the sort of fittest we're talking about. We don't, we're not in a struggle to survive or anything like that right now where humans are extinct. Okay. All right. So it's not an issue there. So Hitler's it's about, if it's a struggle, it's one issue. If it's not a struggle, it's another issue. Possibly. And I don't, I'm not thinking straight on that at the okay. moment. But just Sorry. to go We've back to, to go time. back for a second, um, to just to, I forgot what we were talking about. I did too. Um, <laughs> That's the problem with these the things. Socks. Um, but just to, why do people like lay down their lives or something like that? Yeah. Um, and yeah, I'm wearing black socks right now. Um, <laughs> why do people lay down their lives? I mean, there there have been you know hypotheses put up there that you know when one person dies, 
and this is we're talking about animal kingdoms where they don't have the thinking capacity mm -hmm. we do. Um, if they do that, it's a better survival for everyone else around them, and that could be one hy hypothetical reason. Okay. I'm not saying that's why we do it. I'm not saying anything else. But th there's reasons why people could um, give their lives for one another, why we feel that connection. Okay. So it's there, I mean, if you want to believe that. So, I mean, there are reasons for Okay. It. All right. Um, one question I have. By and the way. I'll read it kind of from here because it's citing something. Um, they're like five or six years old, these studies, but I just, I think the general principle would apply. One of the issues I've had, like why is it that in the general public, um, I think the polls have shown like 90% of the people believe in God. Um, if you look at, this is from Scientific American from about five years ago. If you look at scientists who have a bachelor's degree, it's about 40% that believe. If you look at uh, people in the National Academy of Sciences, Nobel laureates, things like that, you get down to 7%, and that's from Nature magazine. Why, is it, why does it seem that as you get more and more experience it's academically, a, people stop believing in God, or a lesser amount? It's not more and more experience academically, it's more and more experience in science academically. Okay, and it's, it, but it's not just, well, Nobel Prizes aren't just in science, there are other things as well. Right, but there are Nobel Prize winners that are Christians. Sure, there are. Uh, uh, and so I guess what, it's two sides of this thing that you, you, we kind of talked about last time, yeah. but I think it's important. A hundred years ago, we defined science as the removal of anything supernatural. Mm -hmm. A hundred years ago, we took anything supernatural out of science. Mm -hmm. So the more you study science in that realm, in the realm where you have to take the supernatural out, the less you're going to believe in God. The more, I mean, you could say the very same thing on the other side of it, the more you study science, the less you're going to see God. I'm saying the more you study science because of the indoctrination, as we talked about last hour, because of the indoctrination of what's gone on, you're, if you go to a Muslim country mm -hmm. and study religion, you're going to be indoctrinated in Islam. You're going to be punished if you study anything else. Mm -hmm. I believe it's almost like that in the scientific field today. Anything supernatural is outside the realm of science. That wasn't, all, wasn't that way all the way through. Isaac Newton, Pasteur, a lot of great scientists were Christians, and a lot of great scientists today are Christians, but you have to go completely against the stream of what is being taught. And that's my argument and, for my kids. And just to make a distinction, I, I don't think science is ever saying, like, don't uh, mention God or something like that, but it says if we want to talk about things that are observable or that we want to be testable or provable, right. it right. has to be something we could see and test. Right. And God is obviously outside of that realm. Absolutely. It's not saying that it's wrong per se, but if you want to talk about science, I mean, we can't bring in supernatural because we can't test it. Right. So I think there's, there is room for compatibility between the two. Uh, but, uh, but I still believe that that's the, that's the answer to your question. And, and that would, the the that more you study funny. science, the more you're going to get Darwinianism, you're, you're going to get materialism, you're going to get this stuff that's been, you know, the propaganda that's been thrown out there, you're going to continue to get it, continue to get it until you get to the point where you're lucky. Hasn't that line of thinking, though, that, you know, those scientists believe in that? I mean, think of all the scientific advances we've had in the past, like, 100 years or whatever. Right. But hasn't that worked? When you take supernatural things, not God per se, but anything supernatural out of the picture? I, I have no, yes, it does. Absolutely. I have no qualms with let's take the supernatural out. I guess going back to our discussion of the last hour about, I'm sorry, we're getting a little deep. Um, are you going to sleep? Um, the discussion about intelligent design versus creationism. The, 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 the whole issue with that for me is let's make sure that if we're going to not observe anything that's not observable, that we don't say that evolution is uh, science. Okay. Evolution's got to be a theory, as well as intelligent design has to be a theory, because we can't observe evolution. 
We haven't observed. A micro right. and I disagree, but not macro. I disagree with the way we talk about that, but let's okay. do something. I mean, that, that's, that's where I think the whole thing happens. Okay. There are some great, as we talked last hour, some great Christian scientists, people out there, but it is very hard. It is very hard to go. It's hard to go through a philosophy, uh, get a Ph.D. in philosophy in our system today and still believe in God. Because the more you get in doc, unless you're going to a Christian university, unless you're studying it, unless you've got a really strong faith, what you're going to do is you're going to walk in and you're going to be bombarded with everything else. And that most of the people that are teaching and most of the people that are a part of that university are going to say, you know what, Christianity's stupid, so you can't believe that. You, you live in that long enough. And, and I guess, you know, back again to our discussion, that's why I think if we're going to, if we're going to have a pluralistic society, don't worry about God. Don't worry about any of those kinds of things. Let's just make sure that we observe everything equally. Okay. All right. My turn? Sure. Um, this one keeps coming up, and I'm not sure you had a – we should answer it again, the Pascal thing. If, if, I'm a, if I die and you die and you're right and I'm wrong, I'm worm food, but I still had a good life. I mean, honestly, and I, and I need to just say this. I really believe that the Bible gives us a great way to live our life now, here, period. I think it's the best moral code that has ever been written, okay? And I am, you know, a much happier person because I believe this all my life. I'm a much better person because I believe this all my life. Mm -hmm. So we get to the end, and you're right. I've still had a good life. I've still remained married to my wife. I've raised my kids. I've been a good, moral, upstanding citizen, and I've had a good life. Mm -hmm. and, and I'm gone. You get to the end of your life. And I'm right, and you're wrong, and it's a big problem. Right. Um, and first of all, I think just, yeah, this, the book could help you lead a good life, have like a long-lasting marriage, things like that, but it's not limited to that. There are plenty of atheists who could say the exact same thing because of their atheism, that, you know, I still had a good life, I had these morals, I had this long marriage, well, things like that. Explain that, though. I, I guess, because I'm, I'm... Why do you need a book to give you your morals when some of it just seems I'm common not Im sense? Because I'm, I'm immoral. I mean, I... I, and I guess you know, it, don't don't put that in the paper. <laughs> I guess it it comes down to something like how you define morality. I mean, but I, why why? I mean, this is a good question, Emmett. I, it, maybe I'm just worse than anybody else, but I think most of us out there would agree. If I didn't have somebody telling me mm -hmm. I should be living my life this way, it would be very easy for me to slip off and live my life this way. I, I think you can be married for tomorrow you die. Let's talk about some of the major issues, things like killing, things like that. Again. Just taking it from the evolutionary, just to be devil's advocate or okay. something, All right. um, literally, I guess, here. Um, <laughs> if, you, <laughs> if you want to take it from that point of view, evolutionarily, if you want to survive in a society, killing each other is not going to help the, is not going to help the group right. prosper. If you steal from each other, if you're lying to each other, it's not going to help you work together. But the only way you can work together is by acting moral to each other. It just seems like common sense to me that even if no one told me, don't kill anyone, that I would see that working together is going to help us a lot more than killing each other. Is. What about the things that only involve you? I mean, what about alcoholism? What about adultery? What about, I mean... I think you could see that if you do those things, if you do get into alcohol, it's changing the way you act. It's, it's doing something bad to your body. Same thing with adultery. I mean, it's doing something bad for you, just physically, possibly, um, emotionally, in a lot of ways. And you'd be a lot stronger without doing that stuff. But you think, you think we think all those things through? Not necessarily, but I'm saying if you just look at it just without okay. putting all of that in, gotcha. I think there are reasons for why you wouldn't need to be told, like, oh, doing drugs is a bad idea. Well, you don't need to be told that. If you observe what drugs do 
and you could see the bad effect it has, that's as good of a reason as any to say, well, that's not something I want to do. Hmm. Um, I, I really, I mean, I really disagree with that. I don't, I don't see a moral code outside of something that's inside of me that gives me a moral code. Mm -hmm. I, I don't, I don't see survival of the fittest keeping me from having an affair or drinking too much or any of those kinds of things because what I'm looking at is not about what's going to happen to me 10 years from now or 20 years from now. Mm -hmm. I, I'm, I'm looking at what's fun to do right now. I'm looking at mm -hmm. what, the, what the moment is all about. And that seems like that's what evolution is. It's about that moment. It's not, there's never an evolutionary process where and you're I, looking ahead. And I think the, if you want the explanation, I think they would say, well, that only happens is if you're struggling. We're not struggling. We have the capacity to go beyond That's that. A, that is a very new one. I've not, I mean, I've not thought of the struggling it's, thing. And I don't know if we want to get into this at the moment. I think one of the arguments they have, like, I hear the argument against gay people a lot that, you know, it's, it doesn't make sense evolutionarily. So isn't that, doesn't that go against the idea? Don't you want to reproduce? Don't you yeah. want to have this stuff? And, but again, there's two reasons for it. One is that if, you know, gay people got married, you're giving them a stable family life to help people out that way. So you can have a stronger you know, community in that sense. The other reason that it evolutionarily, yeah, you're right. It doesn't make sense when they want to get together or something because they're not reproducing. But the idea is that, and this is a reason I've heard, um, we're not struggling to exist right now. We're fine the way we are. So it, it, it doesn't go against evolution to say that that's wrong. I mean, just to, and I'm that's not. A, I, that's interesting. I've never, I've not ever heard that side of it. So. All right, your turn. Um, if Christianity is right, what's the deal with all the different sects of them? Why are there Lutheranism, Mormonism, what have you? Well, uh, and I have to be really careful with this question because we're a non-denominational church <laughs> right. for that reason. Right. I mean, we work really, we really believe that that was a bad idea. Okay. So you're asking me a really easy question. Mm -hmm. um, there are all these. There's 250 denominations because we're stupid. Because Christians are people too, and because I mean, you, you take. I mean, this is which is probably one of the reasons I also appreciated this church and a place like Willow yeah. Creek being non-denominational. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah, that wasn't part of the picture. They're yeah. not saying if. You you do it this way, you're right or wrong. But I never understood why there were so many. And I'm not uh, impervious to that either. Jainism has sex of its own. Mm. Other religions have that too. Um, but yeah, it just seemed like, well, if the Bible is right, well, then the Bible is right. Why do you need to I, I know. divvy it but, up? But, you're, but even atheists, there are atheists that don't like each other, right? And, and oh, think yeah. that they're, you know, it's the same thing. You take this much information, um, 66 books, you know, all this information that people firmly believe, strongly believe, has come from God, there's a lot of stuff in there to argue about. There are a lot of different opinions about how things go. And that's why, honestly, I think it, I think it really bothers God. And Jesus' last prayer in John 17 was, I pray, Lord, that you make them one. Please make them one. I mean, this breaks the heart of Jesus. He does not want there to be all these different denominations. So what is the mindset? What is the mindset of the pastors, priests, who do the denominations? You know, that's funny. It's not the pastors and the priests. It's the uh, church I, 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 when, I, when we were in Tinley Park, I was really involved with the Tinley Park Ministerial Association. I had good friends that were the priests at St. Julie's and St. Elizabeth Seton and the Lutheran Church and the Methodist Church and the Christian Reformed Church, and we all worked together, mm -hmm. you know, because we all understand that we're all trying to follow this and we're trying to follow Christ. The problem is that there's all this stuff that's in the background, and everybody's coming from their own, you know, denominational mm -hmm. standpoint. It would seem like it'd be stronger if 
if there was some sort of mini revolution or which something again in that sense. and you know we haven't talked a lot about this but the whole idea of being in this imperfect world that we're at now because of the fall because of sin because of satan what, what do you think satan i mean if if i believe that there is an, an an evil being in the world that is trying to cause problems the best thing he could do is to split up all the christians and, and you know i don't necessarily want to blame satan for everything but absolutely this one you're absolutely right if all the christians got together and and got their stuff together but the same could be said of muslims or anybody else if they all got their whole religion together they would they would be able to do a lot more than they're able to do okay um what you got i how did the universe start, and how do, how do you take the supernatural out? I mean, right. you got to um, admit it's a, it's, it's a big stretch. So let me just get the Big Bang. I do believe in the Big Bang stuff. So the question I guess you're asking is, well, okay, that's nice, but where did that come right. from? And I guess the, the simplest answer is I don't know, and I don't think anyone knows, and I think that the general consensus in science is we can't know. That's not something observable. We don't know what happened before any of that stuff happened. But I think where the difference is, is I'm okay with that answer, where I don't know where it came from, and I don't think we can know. But I, that doesn't make me jump to the idea, well, then, it must have been God. Sure. Maybe sure. there was another reason. And so I think that's so the only So what you're saying is it takes faith. To believe what? To believe in evolution. Evolution? Where do we get on that? The well, universe the stuff? The Big Bang. Yeah, where do, I mean... The Big Bang, I mean, if the Big Bang starts... Evolution, if materialism, let's just call it that. Sure, but the, the faith that we're talking about is, well, something did it. Maybe the universe was eternal. Maybe it was something supernatural. I'm not, I have no objections to that thinking okay. along that line. Um, and the same thing with evolution, if you want to go there, like the, the whole idea, well, okay, let's say we are reproducing and we get uh, bigger, adapt to the environment more. Well, where did the initial bit come from? Right. And again, they've tried to reproduce it in a lab, and they've come up with some of the ingredients, but they haven't done it. Right. And, and the whole study done in the 50s, I forgot right. the name of the guy. Um, again, they haven't done it in a lab. So that question is still out there. Where did the origin come from? And there are some hypotheses about how it could have happened, sure. but they haven't done it. Right. And I think there's still room for God there. But it doesn't mean I automatically jump to the conclusion. And the reason for that is, well, you know, a couple hundred years ago, we didn't know where disease came from. Right. And only recently do we know about right. viruses. But what did they say a couple hundred years ago? Why do you have this disease? Because the devil did it. Or, right. you know, God wanted it to be this way. Or something. Germination that came something out of like the Something like that. Yeah. Or, you know, we don't know. How come I look like my parents? Well, before we knew about genes and DNA, well, God wanted it that mm -hmm. way. Mm -hmm. And it seems like every time we have those questions, well, disease is caused by viruses. You know, you look like your parents because of genes, DNA, things like that. Okay, well, then God didn't do that. It was this other stuff. But what caused this thing? And what caused evolution to begin? I think those are legitimate places where God could be an option. But it doesn't mean I jump to that conclusion because I still think in the long run, for things like evolution anyway, I think we could figure it out in the future. I don't, I'm not so sure about the universe, that we sure. could figure okay. that out. All right. But I think the difference is I'm, not, I'm just not jumping to the conclusion that it must have been God then since we don't know what it is. Which is, which is good. It's, it's an option. It's, it's not the well, one I subscribe to. I, I mean, I, I guess you know, where we're kind of coming back to for all of you is, okay, um, you shouldn't jump to conclusions either. And I would never want you to jump to conclusion. I, just because, I mean, I, we talked about why does every culture have a God. I, you said because they want to. I say because they looked around and they said, wow, there must be a God because of all the stuff that's here. But that would still not 
get us to the point where we understood everything we need to understand. That's why I believe God gave us his word. That's why we read this. That's why we experience. I mean, the experiential side of God is important. I don't want to make fun of the Jesus in the cheese sandwich and leave off the part that Jesus does live inside of me, that I do feel him. And that so therefore, as a Christian, what I'm really interested in is being able to read this, to be able to experience Jesus, to be able to look at the universe and to say, okay, yeah, we explain disease. Well, you know, I mean, it was some Christian scientists that figured out disease in the first place mm-hmm. and, and that it wasn't maggots growing, that it was maggots growing out of flies laying eggs and not just, you know, germs that happened there. I mean, that was all right. great. And then let's take that and let's put it all together and come up with our faith. One of the, this is totally a side note, one of the best lines like I could hear is people say, you know, if you don't have the, you know, the Bible, well, then why aren't you looting and pillaging everywhere you go? And, you know, if, if you need a book to tell you not to kill someone, I am glad you have a book. Absolutely. I don't think I need that. Um, just a total... No, you're right. You know? there, there are plenty of cultures that didn't have the book that, that didn't do that. Yeah. There are, however, plenty of cultures that didn't have the book that did do, do, do that. that. Sure. And, and I guess... But there are also plenty of people who do have the book that still, that still do, do that. Still, absolutely. Um, so, right. So it's about putting it all together. Yeah. And again, I, I'm not arguing with the messages of the Bible. Like, if, if it was just the principles, if it was just the message, I don't think you'd see a lot of antagonism from anyone. Absolutely. When you I get mean, that's down the whole, to the details. That's the whole yeah. problem with where we're at today, is that everybody loves the message of Jesus, to love your neighbor, love your enemies, love mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. And I guess that's where we've got to come back to what do you do with Jesus in that regard. Mm-hmm. How do you deal with Jesus in that regard? Because Jesus not only said, love your neighbor as yourself, he said, before Abraham was, I am. He mm-hmm. said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but by me. So how can I possibly take love your neighbor as yourself and set it aside and say, oh, well, he was just kidding when he said he was God? Mm-hmm. How does that work? I'm not saying he was kidding like we talked about last time. They very, he very, very well could have believed that. I'm, just, I'm not saying that he was lying or that he was crazy or anything like that. He could have very well believed that, and that's why he said it. But... Again, when it comes to supernatural, I feel like we can explain so much without the supernatural. And the stuff we don't know, we don't know. So I don't have a need to bring in the supernatural at this point. Because I still don't But you're comfortable with leaving the supernatural as an option. As an option, but... And again, if you want to take it to a science class where we're talking about what we can observe, I'm not comfortable with that. But for my own being, like, is that an option? Sure it is. I don't necessarily believe it, but sure, that's as good of an option as anything else. That's good. That's that's huge. I mean, that that. And again, I think you need to explain what you believe as an atheist um, in regards to, you know, the question of I don't think I know there's not a God. Sure. Oh, last time. A lot of people have this wrong impression that when you think of an atheist, you're saying there is no God. But no, no one can say there is no God. If you want to say there's no God, then you got to know everything and no one knows everything. No atheist, no, no smart atheist, no intelligent atheist who's done any studying would say there is no God. No one is saying that. What we are saying is, I don't believe there is a God. Hmm. I haven't seen it yet, and I don't think when I learn more stuff that I will see it. But the difference between, I think, a lot of atheists and where you're coming from in yeah. this discussion is that most atheists that I've met say... End of discussion. There is no God. End of discussion. What you sound like you're telling me is, look, I'm open to whatever. I'm open to the fact that I don't know where things came from at the beginning. I'm open to the fact that we could, in science, actually find more and more evidence for a designer, and that could lead us somewhere. And it's not 
it's not agnosticism. I'm not saying like, I don't know, right, it could go either line. way. Right. I'm saying, I don't believe that's the case. I don't think it's gonna be the case later on. But, I mean, could it be? I don't know, sure, it could be. I just don't believe that is the case. And I think that's an important distinction. And when I, when I work with the atheists, when I work with the leaders of the atheist groups and things like that, they, they may not always come off by saying that, but that is what they're thinking. And that is what all the atheists that I know okay. do think, even if it doesn't always come off that way. Because well, it's very easy for me to say, like, blah, blah, blah. Well, there is no God. So this, it's very easy to fall into that. Sure. And you've got to make sure you get that distinction. Which would be the same issue that we would have in saying, well, obviously there is a God, so blah, blah, blah. Right. Well, if there was a God, then there would, the proof would be there. But no, I mean, the reason you're looking at this book, the reason you're doing the research in the area is because there is no actual proof. You've got you to gotta have the faith to believe right. in this. And, so yeah. you'd agree that it's going to take faith one way or the other? It takes faith to believe in God for sure, but I think have it, it's not like a, a lack thereof, like just not believing that something is there. I don't know if that takes faith. I think it takes faith to believe in something. It seems like, and I know where you're coming from, but I think like as a default to say, well, there's, I don't know the answer to this, but so, so to say that here is my explanation does take some faith. I know where you're coming from, like, well, you know, I don't know where the universe came from, so maybe it wasn't God. I get in that sense, sure, if you want to call that faith, that it wasn't God, it might have been something else. In that sense, sure, I agree with you, but I guess that's how you define okay. that. All right. Let me ask you one quick question. No, go ahead. Because um, I heard this from someone else. The first radio thing I did uh, with the eBay thing was Kirk Cameron, which was awesome. Um, but Kirk Cameron, after, after I hung up the phone, after the interview's over, and I heard it, the interview later at night, after I hang up the phone, they're like, you, we were just talking to a fool. Um, am I a fool? Um, biblical definition, yes, honestly. I mean, the, the Bible says a fool said in his heart there is no God. Um, Which I, is not what I'm saying, by the way. No, well, okay, then you're not. And you know what? I think that's a key. I think that's a key thing. I think that's one of the things I've learned from this weekend more than anything else. Uh, my view of atheism is dogmatic, and I, there is no God. Right. And 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 so the defense to that from several people has been, well, you can't know everything, so you can't be an atheist. Yeah. And I've seen a lot of research, a lot of information to say, like, well, here's why that argument is wrong. There is no yeah. God. Well, no one's saying that. So who are you arguing against? I guess then, then no, you're not. Cool. I mean, the, 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 the Bible says that, that the universe has been set up to show us that he is there and that all people everywhere, regardless of whether they have this book or whether they have Jesus or not, should be able to see that God is there, that his qualities are there, that he's shown us all those kinds of things. And I, I, just, I just get the feeling from what you're telling me that you're not close to that. So I'm going to say no, I don't think, I don't think you are. And I, and I apologize for those people that are out there, that are well-meaning, that are trying to get you saved because we all really want to be with you in heaven, but they're going about it the wrong way. And, and, I, and I do. And, I, and, and you know, I, I apologize for all the wrong things that have, gone, that have happened in Christianity. I guess more than anything, what I wanted everybody to see is there is a way to dialogue with somebody that mm -hmm. disagrees with you. There is a way to sit down and talk through some of these issues. I can tell you that I believe that this Bible is true. I can tell you that Jesus is the way and the truth and the life. I can tell you that the way I see this, your rejection of Jesus right now means you're going to spend eternity away from God. And that is the reason 
why I want to have a relationship with you. I want us to talk. I want us to be together. Mm -hmm. But not from a condemnation side that, you know, well, you're going to hell and I'm glad. And, you know, it's just going to be a great time for me when I get to heaven (laughs) with all my good old boy friends. Okay? That's that's not where we should be coming from. Jesus came to show us how to deal with people. And he came, you know, again, I think I said this in the last service. You know what happens? It's like you start wondering, when did I say that? Was that last service or did I already say it in this service? I think it was last service. Jesus dealt harshly with the Pharisees, the religious leaders, the people that were seekers, the people that were searchers, the people that were out there. And I hope you hear that message as a church. Jesus loved them. It was the people that were outside the religious environment that loved hanging around Jesus. And that's not to say that we condone the behaviors that are outside of us. It's not to say that we think there are many ways to get to heaven. We're not, you know, it's not all that. It's let's figure out how to take this into the world in a way, and it's a new world. And if you want to talk to people, you would be much, you'd get much more reception if you started with that message and then worked your way back to the Bible. And this is why I believe that. But start with, here's... Here's what I believe. Let's find some common ground here, yeah. which I think we found some of it. Absolutely. Um, and yeah, you can go from there. And yeah, I probably will. We could. This thing could go on for a while. This Indefinitely. talk. Um, but yeah, the point is, even if I may disagree with you on the reasons, uh, on the reasons, there's still so much in common. And the problem that people have when talking to me, I am dreading going to the Taste of Chicago this year for that reason. Because yeah. every time I sit down to eat with my friends, someone approaches me yeah. every year without fail. Um, and, and honestly, some atheists would love that thing because that's a chance for them to start arguing. Right. right. And that's, it's not the way to go about it. I okay. mean, there's a good way to do that from both sides. You bet. You bet. Man, thank you for uh, coming and being a part. This Thanks has really been helpful. Can fun. you thank you, Connor? Thank you. Good to have you.